Hello. Um, how to be a woman? Page 19. Becoming a woman felt a bit like becoming famous. For, for from being benevolently, generally ignored, um, the baseline existence of most children, a teenage girl is suddenly fascinating to others and gets bombarded with questions. What size are you? Have you done it yet? Will you have sex with me? Have you got ID? Do you want to try a puff of this? Are you seeing anyone? Have you got protection? What's your signature style? Can you walk in heels? Who are your heroes? Are you getting a Brazilian? What porn do you like? Do you want to get married? When are you going to have kids? Are you a feminist? Were you just flirting with that man? What do you want to do? Who are you? She's right about that baseline of existence of most children where they are being ignored. Ooh, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to be an adult. I felt like adults treated you as if you were not there. And it always hurt. And I don't know if I didn't stay on the hot part. I stayed on the angry parts. The parts that I can't wait to be an adult parts. All ridiculous questions to ask. Of a 13 year old simply because she now needs a bra. They might as well have been asking my dog. I had absolutely no idea. But like a soldier drops into a war zone, you have to get some ideas and fast. You have to plan. You have to single out your objectives and then move. Because once those hormones kick in, there's no way to stop them. As I rapidly discovered, you are a monkey strapped into a rocket, an, exa- an element in a time in a bomb timer. There isn't an ex- exit plan. You can't call the old enough. However, often you may wish. However, often you may wish you could. This shit is going to happen, whether you like it or not. Uh, how to be a woman? How to be a woman? Page twenty-two. You have dropped a marker pin on your body to reclaim yourself, to remind you where you are inside yourself, somewhere, somewhere in there, and just as. With winning the lottery or becoming famous, there is no manual for becoming a woman, even though the stakes are so high. God knows. When I was 13, I tried to find one. You can read about other other people's experiences on the matter by way of trying to creep in advance for an exam. But I found that this is in itself problematic. For throughout history, you can read the stories of women who, against all odds, got being a woman right. Mm. that right is italicized but ended up being compromised unhappy, hobbled or ruined because all around them society was still wrong show a girl a pioneering hero Sylvia Platt Dorothy Sylvia Platt okay Dorothy Parker Frida Kolo Cleopatra Boudica John of Arc and you also more often than not, show a girl, show a girl, a woman who was eventually crushed. Your heart, okay, eventually crushed, okay, because that's the your plus one. I was thinking, what? She killed herself. Um, but I like that they acknowledged. Um, both are victory, success, heroism, and a death. Wow being crushed, I eventual crush.
Your hard-won triumphs can be wholly negated if you live in a climate where your victories are seen as threatening, incorrect, distasteful, or more crucially of all, for a teenage girl, simply uncool. Few girls could choose to be right, right down into their clever, brilliant bones, but lonely. So, whilst, whilst how to be a woman is the story of all the times that I, uninformed, underprepared, fatally deluded as to my ability to style out a poncho, got being a woman wrong in 21st century, merely recounting experience doesn't seem to be enough anymore. Yes, an old-fashioned feminist consciousness rising still has enormous value. When the subject turns to abortion, cosmetic intervention, birth, motherhood, sex, love, work, misogyny, fear, or just how you feel in your own skin, women still won't often tell the truth to each other unless they are very, very drunk. Perhaps the endlessly reported rise in female binge drinking is simply modern women's attempt to communicate with each other. Or maybe it is because Sanser is so... I think that's a type of wine. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's so very delicious. To be honest, I'll take bets on either. So, this is an introduction and she's trying to tell us that she's going to turn a story of her life. Um, and that's exactly what she does. She's quite witty. So, I enjoyed reading the book. I think I agree with her um, lifestyle a lot in many places. But, um, she's she's quite great. She's quite great. Um, this chapter is titled, I Start Bleeding. So I had assumed it was optional. She's funny, I told you. She's talking about her period here. I had assumed it was optional. I know that women bleed every month, but I didn't think it was going to happen to me. I had presumed, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to happen to me. I, I understand this because all my friends, most of my classmates, st- I went to a boarding school, a girls only boarding school. So it was everybody knew what everybody was doing um so most of my classmates started menstruating when we were in gss2 junior secondary school too that's after our second year in school six years second year in school and i didn't um start menstruating until i was in ss2 senior secondary school too that was four years <laughs> it was four years that was in my fifth year year my fifth year in secondary school is when I say menstruating. I was 16 when I say menstruating. My friends were 12, 11 <laughs> when they say menstruating. And I, was, I, I wasn't bothered. Like, I, I wasn't, my mom wasn't bothered. I wasn't bothered. I, I felt very lucky, in fact. I hated um, rumors. And when people start talking about it like that, and it wasn't something that we were taught to be proud of anyway. Like, you've reached motherhood, one thing, one thing. It was just something that that happened to girls. And nobody explained it more than that. So, even in GSS, when people were getting their periods, like, you just hear people getting their periods. Like, this one got period, this one got period. And throughout that time, it was people getting periods. I was hoping and praying that I wasn't one of those people. I don't want to be part of, ah, she got her period too. Like, eh, no, no. <laughs> and I didn't get my period too. SS2. 16. Um, I didn't think it was going to happen to me. I presumed I would be able to opt out of it. Perhaps some share unwillingness. Me too. It honestly doesn't look that much use or fun. And I can't see any way I can fit it into my schedule. My dear. My dear. (laughs) 
but i think that's usually i don't know if i'm pretty sure this cannot be the thought of every girl because maybe some people had sisters and they were looking forward to that oh i'm going to dress like a girl um and be a woman and have boobs and menstruate type of lifestyle i didn't go through any of that so maybe there are some girls that are actually looking forward to their menstruation i don't know i don't know <laughs> or some people that accepted it um but just for you to know how women's minds go like when you boys i don't know what you are thinking of at that age and maybe you are getting bonus but like we are dreading menstruation bleeding like you just wake up one day and your bed is blood or you go to the bathroom and you pee and you blood like you're shocked you're so shocked i've only skimmed read the leaflet to be honest it has blown my mind quite badly the cross-section of the female reproductive system looks complicated this was when um our family is quite huge um i think there are about seven seven kids in the house she and her sister are the she's closest to her sister even though they fight a lot um so a lot of us a lot of the story was even after she had moved out of her house um it was still she and her sister hanging around and doing some things and not figuring out life in the office and with a boyfriend that was an asshole and different things but in the middle of it you see like you draw from the female experience you know what it is like what it feels like to be a woman from our perspective and it's, it's quite funny because she's funny um but you can still sense the, the anxiety the unwillingness to be a woman <laughs> I think every girl has this. If you don't have, if you're enthusiastic about being a girl and doing all those things, at some point later on, you just be, you just think that being a girl is so stressful. Like being a girl is so stressful. That's what you think. But men have their own struggles. They wake up with boners. Like I thought that <laughs> that would be feel so frustrating for me. So like, let's just let me and do the one that i know at least now i know how to like take care of myself as a woman i'm still learning too especially in the what to eat department um but as regards cleanliness and you know what to expect of your period and your body sometimes my body is pretty regular but a lot of women complain about feeling up and down uh it's a whole thing it's a whole thing <laughs> you basically have two days between two to five days of rest, depending on the length of your period, before you start ovulating again and your body starts going through things. And then after ovulation, a little period, then you menstruate. Like, Lord have mercy. <laughs> and all this, you almost are going to and fro. So it's a lot. Um, To be honest, it has blown my mind quite badly. The cross-section of the female reproductive system looks complicated and impractical. Like one of those very expensive, retard-stack, I'm stuck ages with tunnels going everywhere. Again, I'm not really sure I want in on all of this. I think I thought I was just made of solid meat from my pelvis to my neck with the kidney wedged in there somewhere like a sausage. I don't know. Anatomy isn't my strong point. I like romantic 19th century novels where girls faint in the rain <laughs> and spike. Spike Milligan's war mem- memoirs. There isn't much menstruation in either. This all seems a bit unnecessary. I know, I know. 
usually shock. When I read about pregnancy, I was in SS2. SS2? Yeah, I was also in SS2. And I read about pregnancy. I just saw it in a biology textbook and I was reading on it. Um, This was not school. Like, they didn't ask us to study about it. But I went and studied about it. I kept reading about how the the placenta would be fixed to the wall, to the uterine wall. Uh, is it uterine? The uterus to be fixed to that. And then when the baby is coming out, it will be yanked out of the wall. After it has spent nine months being fixed into the wall. And then it will be yanked. was a vision like a very angry process angry painful process they're like oh wow i don't want to do this <laughs> i don't want to do this i don't want to do this why would anybody want to do this hmm. but then they give you the old thing about oh you forget pain oh, okay that's nice. That's nice. I saw that at 16. That's very nice. I'm not interested. So here is the quick way of working out if you're a feminist. Put your hands in your pants. Do you have a vagina and do you want to be in charge of it? If you said yes to both, then congratulations, you're a feminist. Because we need to reclaim the word feminism. We need the word feminism back real bad. When statistics come come in saying that only 29% of American women would describe themselves as feminist and only 42% of British women um, I used to think what do you think feminism is ladies what part of liberation for women is not for you is it freedom to vote the right not to be owned by a man you marry the campaign for equal pay Vogue by Madonna jeans did all that good shit get on your nerves or were you just drunk at the time of survey um these days however i am much calmer since i realized that it's technically impossible for a woman to argue against feminism without feminism you won't be able to have a debate on a woman's place in society you'd be too busy giving birth on the kitchen floor biting down on a wooden spoon so as not to disturb the men's card game before going back to quick climbing the dooney this is why those female columnists in the daily mail giving daily wail against feminism amuse me they paid you 1,600 euros for that, for that day, I think. And I bet it's going to your bank account and not your husband's. The more women argue loudly against feminism, the more they both prove it exists and that they enjoy its hard-won privilege. Because for all that people have tried to abuse it and disown it, feminism is still the word we need, no other word we do. And let's face it, there has been no other word save girl power. That makes you sound like you are into some branch of Scientology owned by Gary Halliwell. That girl power has been the sole rival to the world feminism in the last 50 years. It's a cause for much sorrow on behalf of the women. After all, PDDD as PDD has had four different names and it's just one man. Personally, I don't think the word feminism on its own is enough. I want to go all the way. I want to bring it back. Um, I want to bring it back in conjunction with the word trident. It it looks hotter like that. It's been so wrong for so long that it's back to being right again. They have used it to abuse us. Um, let us let let's use it right back at them. I want to reclaim the fresh the phrase 
strident feminism in the same way the black community has reclaimed the word nigger. Go, my strident feminist. You walk that male or female dialectic dichotomy. I'll shout out my friends in bars whilst everyone nods at how edgy and real we are. The world's reading us as much as champagne. Um, champagne. Handbrake stones and Elta Skelta. I think that's a show. She used a lot of shows in here. Like, she just wrote from her life. She, everything about her, she wrote in here. But then I do understand why women started to reject the word feminism. It ended up being invoked in many baffling, inappropriate contexts that if you weren't always, if you weren't actually aware of the core aims of feminism and were trying to work it out simply from the surrounding conversation, you'd presume it was some spectacularly unappealing combination of misandry, misery, and hypocrisy, which stood for ugly clothes, constant anger, and less faces. No fucking. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, people. I still haven't answered the question, am I a feminist? To be honest. Although, this lady... I used to be a feminist before this week. This this reading is just um, usually about me reevaluating some of the things that I have come to believe. And, um, you know, seeing if, I, if they align with the word of God, basically. I know I am as a Christian. So... But she makes a very, very appealing, um, she presents a very appealing case to me at least. Um, because this used to be my case too. I used to wonder why other women weren't feminists. Like, do you, you like suffering? You like not having choices? You know, you like, I don't think a lot of people understood the, the conditions that, if you listen to the other books, you probably get an idea of the conditions that women um were put in in the olden days um but what i'm concerned about i'm um, i still i did not read any book on african um societies so i'm wondering what african societies looked like looked like before the only thing i have close to history is chima um china chibi's books all those things fall apart and women were not necessarily suffering they had their place they had their place in society they were not suffering they, it was still a male I'm talking about the Igbo community now. It was still a predominantly male um, dominant culture, but women had their place and they weren't suffering. There were some things that were unfair, but they weren't suffering. But now we have like a whole lot of freedom. We have, you have the right to choose where you, the path you want to go in life, you know, aside the influence of your parents. Like up to a large extent, you have the right to choose where you, where your past takes you in life you have the you, the right to your religion every law that is a general law in nigeria applies to men and women equally in nigeria that didn't used to happen there are still some people in the north the northern part of nigeria that are still largely being oppressed it's, it's an it's oppression when you don't give somebody education and you don't give them the ability to choose it's an oppression god did not it never it never would take away our rights to things so like never he gave us his son already but he will not force him down our throat never never ever 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 and he he, he can do that but he will never do that 
like it goes away it takes it goes against his words his principle who he is and he will never do that so i always wonder like why aren't you all feminists and she she explains why because if you don't look at the core aims of feminism every time i every time somebody asks me that blessing any feminist and i say yes and i'm still reevaluating that i think i will know by the end of the day i'll go and ask god if we're a feminist um I already went online. There are some Christian feminists and there's something called um, Christian feminism. But I didn't want to get full of people's ideas and opinions. So I just let it slide. Um, <clears throat> but I understand, like every time somebody asks me, that, let's say, are you a feminist? And I'm like, yeah, yes, I'm a feminist. Then I always have to explain to them, especially if they're women. I always have to explain to them that there are many angry feminists on Twitter. I get, I get. There are some people that are just angry. There are some people that are just rude and they call themselves feminists and men call them feminists because they feel they always feel attacked by women like that and nobody really likes when you everything you express is anger like you're always talking about how men cheat and you're always talking about like you don't see any good parts of men in the society it's hard for them it's hard for and they are always the loudest and because they are the loudest they are these people that present the picture of feminism to both men and women so nobody wants to be feminist it's only the people who really really know that really know the aims of feminism that be like both men and women because i also have male friends that are feminists so both men and women that'll be like yeah 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 i'm a feminist i don't know about all these shouting people on twitter all these people that hate men but i'm a feminist there are people like that but what i'm still trying to figure out here if at the end of this week i'm going to call myself or continue to call myself a feminist because I do believe in education. I would tear you apart if you deny somebody education. <laughs> if you deny somebody education and you know, you don't and because you deny them education, they don't have because you need the ability you have you need the tools to be able to make decisions. Like you just need the tools. You need the tools to be able to make decisions. You need to be able to read. You need to be able to write. You know, you need to be able to educate other other people around you so i will always be on the on the side of education i will always be on the side of education there's a lot that you understand even about your faith from being in school you know from being in school from having the tools to ask the right questions from knowing what to ask from being more reformed you know so education yeah the fact and the fact that somebody cannot just force me to get married and bear their children and I'll be there trying to like love them and do everything. But things can go absolutely you can say that women would have been happy, but things things used to go really badly and there was just no law to be like, Hey, my husband is doing so 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 to me. Please save my life. I could die in this relationship. Nothing will be done and then they will die. And then you you'll be wondering what what is going on i don't know how much of um feminism african societies should absorb because um i don't know i think that's where it is i don't know how much of feminism we should absorb people like chimamanda she's largely facing like um largely facing the west but she when she speaks about africans she um she just talks about like all those things that like to be more equal minded when 
when she's talking about feminism like um the men should treat their wives better or the men should participate in taking care of the children um i also read how to be feminist but i didn't read it this week i have it a tiny booklet it's quite interesting she has interesting ideas but just in some places that it goes against the bible about you giving yourself to your man and him loving you but i told you in the middle of all that in the middle of exchange of everything there's still a part of you that respects your husband and your husband respects you so it's not it's not it's less about the question of equality and more about what you're coming together represents and how you are willing to work at it and stay together and um educate the your offsprings so with all that said, I still don't know if I'm if there's a type of feminism that says um women are still supposed to I think maybe that's what Christian feminism is. If there's a type of feminism that says women are still supposed to um give themselves to their husbands and their husbands are supposed to love the wives and in every other regard, especially outside the structure of the family, um women are equal to men like in every area women are equal to men but in the structure of the family in marriage you know your man is your man if there's a feminism like that then yeah sure down for that um because at the end of it god doesn't like injustice or oppression so that part is cancelled out so it's quite it's quite it's quite a mix it's not a very simple question to answer like blessing are you a feminist can I say yes and no? Can I say yes and then start to... Ex- Every time I say yes, I always have to explain anyway. In what way I'm a feminist. Like, to defend myself that, oh no, I'm still a peace-loving feminist. Although, I will not stand for your injustice and oppression. Things like that. But I'm still going to find out. Maybe in the east, I should have been able to come to a conclusion in the video. In the video that I'm going to upload tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow jesus i'm making it to do anyway this is um in the morning this is morning so there's time there is time there is time <laughs> on the other hand if you live by the bra you must die by the bra <laughs> what as one would expect from an item capable of such powerful magic sometimes the bra is prone to suddenly turning evil and attempting to destroy you she's not lying bras bras are i don't even know what to tell you about bras i've heard i've heard that there are good bras out there and in my entire life, in my entire bra wearing life, I've only come across one good bra for myself. I had that bra when I was in 400 level. It was a black bra. It did not attempt to squeeze the living daylight out of me. It did not even attempt to lift my breasts up to my chin. All it did was let my breasts sit comfortably in them. That was that was all it did. And the way it was, it looked nice. Like it made my boob look nice like my boobs were comfortable sitting in them and it didn't hurt my back or my shoulders that was every other bra has either tried to murder me or to at least cause me pain these days the only places where i wear the only place where i wear bra because i spend a lot of my time at home 
the only place where I wear bra is to church. And every time I sit in church, just give me 30 minutes, one hour, my back aches, my shoulder aches. And I'm just thinking, wow, wow, wow. I'm the girls of bra really hate me. They really, really hate me. They don't like me. For them to cause me this much pain that I'm wriggling in my chair in the house of God. Ah, they don't like me. <laughs> Those of you that have figured out I'll I'll probably have to be making custom bras um for myself. Because even with all the bras around in this world, before you get one that actually fits you. And that old measurement, B cup, D cup, if you're a guy and listen to it, that thing is shit. It's a horrible measurement. Like, I don't know how, especially your, if your breast is like standard, very standard. If you were born that way and your breast is standard and you can say that, yes, my breast is A cup, not more, not less. Like, wow. Wow. You exist. Wow. <laughs> Brows are evil. Just, just let me know. Let me tell you. Um, Think of it as a little, like... Saram, Saruman in Lord of the Rings, but with a little bow in the middle. <laughs> Saruman. <laughs> in in Cougar Town, the Cognicox see sitcom about a 40-something divorcee attempting every week to get a four-and-a-half, 20-something cock before midnight. There is a line where she explains to her younger friend why she doesn't like going out clubbing anymore. I have better wine than this at home, she says, holding up and even on TV. And even on TV looks like a very lackluster pinion grisio. And at this time of night, all I want to do is take my bra off. Ah. Yeah, so blessed. <laughs> Those think girls run into their houses and the first thing they do, they don't even take off their shirts. They just pull the bra off. Like, get off me, you this from hell. Get off me. <laughs> For people who have never worn a bra, men, children, animals, it is almost impossible to describe the sheer raw pleasure that comes with taking off certain bras. I once had a bra, teal colored, full cup, slight padding, beautiful and extremely expensive. So cruelly tight. I rang the shop I bought it from on day three in tears. Is it supposed to hurt this much? I asked, trying to repress the sob. You just need you just need to break it in. Eh? The woman said sternly, like an army drill sergeant, instructing his new recruits to piece on their boots to soften the leather. I did eventually um domesticate that bra. But on the first 20 occasions I wore it, I reached 6 p.m. every evening and went tearing upstairs to take it off, sighing like a spaceman getting out of a spacesuit. People breaking bras? What is that? People breaking bras? 20 days. They breaking bras. Ah, that has never been me. Any bra that I wear like this that is uncomfortable on the first day is usually uncomfortable forever. Usually uncomfortable forever. Brass don't get broken in. I don't know where did I would have immediately. I would just think that the woman is lying to me. Breaking bras. <laughs> what? The bra is perhaps the rudest item of woman's clothing. If you do not doubt this, if you do not doubt this, try this simple test. Throw a bra at a nine-year-old boy. He will react as if he had had a live rat. 
um, wanged at his head, he will run screaming away from you. Like that Vietnamese kid covered in napalm. Na I don't know what that is. He cannot handle the rudeness of bras. Yeah, people always run away from bras too. People run away from bras. If you find a frock you like, she's giving us fashion advice. If you find a frock you like, nice, you look nice in, and can run up three flights of stairs, you are not fat. So she's talking about being fat. She's a big woman herself, and not so big like that. Anyway, um, you are not fat. The idea that you need to be better than merely human shaped. Yeah, there's like the human shape, then like there's like the model shape. Like, um, I'm human shaped. <laughs> I'm a normal human shape. I'm not like flat everywhere. Just human shaped. The idea that you need to be better than male human shaped, this inch perfect toning where even an excess tablespoon of fat overhanging the knee is unacceptable, let alone a world where a size 12 is extra large, is another piece of what strident feminism can technically dismiss as total bullshit. I'm I'm down for that. My first, my first years were when I was not at human shape. I was 16 stone triangle with inverted triangle legs and no real neck. And that's because I wasn't doing human things. I didn't walk or run or dance or swim or climb upstairs. The food I ate wasn't the stuff that humans are supposed to eat. No one is supposed to eat a pound of boiled tomatoes covered in... Um, vitalites or a fist sized lump of cheese on the end of a fork wielded like a lollipop wow i had no connection to or understanding of my body i was just a brain in a jar i wasn't a woman it's called maturity maturing to your body you know you know that okay that's not it's not even a matter of being fat your body reacts to some things you know to get bloated it will go to to demand to go to the toilet a lot it will treat you unfairly to cause you to be in pain and you just know that okay fine i'll stop eating that it's just maturity and before you know um you get more health tips and more health tips and you get better at regulating what you eat exercise if you want to exercise you can just run up and down your streets or do 100 squats like me and know that you've exercised your body your heart has moved <laughs> and you eat well eat enough especially if you are doing a lot of brain work or physical work eat enough you know you might not eat too much at once but eat many times in a day so that the energy you're burning is replenished and your body will use it and not store it you know be kind to yourself be kind to your body you only have that one comes with maturity i can say i like my body as much as my head i like that i like that she can say that <laughs> um yeah my brain doesn't look as good in a frock and my body is still fairly poor at making jokes out of ridiculous occurrences in the lives of victoria beckham but we're all friends now we get on and we agree on things such as what a reasonable amount of crisps crisps adds up to and whether i should run up the escalator yes i don't wish now as i often used to when i was 15 and particularly hysterical that i could be involved in this in a serious car crash in which my entire in which my entire body would have to be rebuilt from scratch but using around half the amount of raw materials currently in employ 
And when I look at myself in the mirrors of the changing room at Max and Spencer now, my body looks finally awake. Yup, 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 yup. Your body looks smart. It looks like it can run away when it's time for danger. She talks about when he was here and I can't, I couldn't have agreed more. But let's get there. Let's not skip. Um, overeating or comfort eating is the cheap meek option for self-satisfaction and self-obliteration. You get all the temporary release of drinking, fucking, or taking drugs, but without, and I think it is the important bit, ever being left in a state where you can't remain responsible and cook it. In a nutshell, then, by choosing food as your drug, sugar highs, or the deep, um, soporific calm of carbs, the volume of the working classes, you will still make the packed lunches, do the school run, look after the baby, pop in on your mom, and then stay up all night with, the Ill, with an ill five-year-old, something that is not an option if you are canning off a gigantic bag of skunk or regularly climbing into the cupboard under the stairs and knocking back um, scotch. Overeating is the addiction of choice of... um of carers and that's why it's come it's come to be regarded as the lowest ranking of all the addictions so overeating is the lowest ranking of all the addictions she did the breakdown somewhere i think i highlighted it it's a way of fucking up yourself while still remaining fully functional because you have to fat people aren't indulging in the luxury of their addiction making them useless chaotic or a burden instead they are slowly self-destructing destructing in a way that doesn't inconvenience anyone and that's why it is so often a woman's addiction of choice all the quietly eating moms all the kit cats in the office drawers all the unhappy moments late at night caught only in the fridge lights i sometimes wonder if the only way we'll ever get around to properly properly consider to properly considering overeating is if it does come to take on the same perverse rock and roll kind cool of other addictions perhaps it's time for women to finally stop being secretive about their vices and start treating them like all other addicts treat their habits instead coming to the office rather wrangled sign man i was on the shepherd's pie last night like you wouldn't believe it i had like mash in my eyebrows by 10 p.m i was in a total mice rush or walking to a friend's house hurling their handbag on the table and backing I have had one hell of a day with the kids. I need six shots of cream, crackers, and cheese right now. Oh, I'm go- I'm seriously going to lose my shit. Then people will be able to address your dysfunctional your dysfunction as un- openly as they do others. They could reply, "Whoa, dude, maybe you should calm it down. The high GI loads carbs for a bit, my friend. You have gone a bit bongo mondo. I am the same. I did a three-hour session on the microwave lasagna last night." Perhaps we should go to the country for a bit, get our heads together, clean up our acts. Because at the moment, I can't help but notice that in a society obsessed with fat, so eager in the appellation of vocal in its disapproval, the only people who aren't talking about it are the only people whose business it really is. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, this is this. There's a pecking order. She signed. Okay, a friend um got broken hearted and um had to go to. 
she got broken at it and she reactivated her bulimia um, and she did it for nine days straight so she went and admitted herself to the party and she's the one talking out that there's a pecking order she sighed shredding up her cuticles with her opposing thumbnail she was burning uh, a candle to cover up the evidence she had just thrown up at breakfast but the bile had lingered longer than she had accounted for the the heroin addicts looked down on the coke addicts the coke addicts looked down on the alcoholics and everyone thinks the people with eating orders fat or thin has come <laughs> so in a place where everyone is an addict there's still a pecking order heroin people are the greatest apparently and they look down on the coke people the cocaine people look down on the alcoholics and the alcoholics look down on everybody not just the alcoholics at this point everybody looks down on people with eating others eating disorders yep that's how it goes people because people overeat for exactly the same reasons they drink smoke serially fuck around or take drugs i must be clear that i'm not talking about the kind of overeating that is just plain cheerful greed the kind um the kind of rabelaisian falstaffian figures who treat the world as a series of sensory delights and take full joy in their wine bread and meat someone who walks away from a table Replete shouting, that was splendid. Before sitting in front of a fire, drinking pots and eating truffles, doesn't have neurosis about food. They are in a consensual relationship with eating and almost unfailingly couldn't care less about how it puts an extra couple of stone on them. They tend to wear their weight well, luxuriously like a fur coat or a diamond sash. Rather than nervously trying to hide it or apologizing for it, these people aren't fat. They are simply lavish. They don't have an eating problem. Or unless it's running out of truffle oil or finding a much anticipated dish of razor clams sadly disappointing no i'm talking about those for whom the, the whole idea of food is not one of pleasure but one of compulsion for whom thoughts of food and the effects of food are the constant dairy um background static to normal thoughts those who think about lunch while eating breakfast and pudding as they eat crisps excuse my belly who who walk into the kitchen in a state pondering bordering on panic and breathlessly eat slice after slice of bread and butter not tasting it not even chewing until the panic can be drowned in an almost meditative routine of spooning and swallowing spooning and swallowing what um i've never had anybody explain um food addictions to me in this trance like state you can find a welcome temporary relief from thinking for 10 20 minutes at a time until finally a new set of sensations physical um discomfort and immense regrets make you stop in the same way you finally pass out on whiskey or dope overeating or comfort eating is the cheap meek option for self-satisfaction and self-obliteration Lord have mercy. Then she moves on to flirting in the workplace. <laughs> she has talked about she's talking about um the issues 
that women deal with that are not um particularly on the aden- or the agenda of activists like feminists so she's trying to draw attention to a bit of them that we should have conversations about these things so, so she has mentioned overeating now she's going to mention flirting flirting in the workplace is a tricky ob- subject for feminists many of the hardcore don't believe in it at all as far as they are concerned you might as well go the whole hog and just install yourself in the window in Seoul with a card reading model 18 and jobs model 18 and jobs next to the doorbell and you know for many that's the right view to take the idea that women should have to flirt in order to get on is just as vexing as any other thing women are supposed to have to do such as um, be thin and um, accept 30 percent lower wages and not laugh at 30 rock when they have food in their mouths and it falls out a bit onto the floor and the cat eats it some women just don't flirt they don't want to and they don't have the bones for it and it takes it makes them feel touchy and like they might punch someone they feel about flirting like i do about anything that involves upper body strengths high heels or special awareness special awareness they just want it to fuck off but for other women flirting just how it comes out <laughs> it just comes out it's not there as a defense mechanism or as a result of years of being unwillingly sexualized by the golden patriarchy it is not a consequence it's an action it comes from an almost demented joy in being alive talking to someone who is boring you to death and conspiring in an unspoken momentary twinkly i like you and you like me isn't it lovely that we are being total lovelies together conspiracy that's what i like about flirting <laughs> That's what I like about like somebody gets you, they like you, you like them, and you people can communicate like non verbally and they still get what you mean. You move those eyes, you say those words, you don't even complete the sentence and people are like, mm, I know what you mean, girl <laughs> Don't be dirty, you know. If you're a natural flirt, it's not even a sex thing, really. You flirt with everyone. Men, women, kids, children. Ah, Lord, have mercy on my soul. <laughs> but to to get down to my natural flirt mood, I need to be really, really comfortable. So I can be flirting with an animal. Like, just say words. Like, mm, I see you. I see you. Looking all cute walking down this place. That is to a dog that just looks cute. That is also a baby. Well, anything, anything that looks and smells good and looks smart, and if it's somebody grown, you know they're doing something that you know, like mm, I see you, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> um, um, automated response, tickets, booking, phone lines. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. As a cherry bomb flirt, my rationale is: if you are going to spend all day having conversations with people, even if it's only on the phone. Arranging the delivery of a new dishwasher, why not try to make it end with someone feeling a bit bulk and perky? For me, flirting is the bit in Mary Poppins where Mary says, In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. Find the fun and snap. The the job's a game. I don't know if I understand like find fun in everything you do, but I don't know if flirting ah do you know I flirt with God? <laughs>
It's not a joke. I'm not joking. I felt good a lot. He flies back. A lot. And he likes to remind me he loves me. So I'm I'm always that human. <laughs> that makes him weird. <laughs> he matches my energy though, so I don't always feel too bad. <laughs> But apparently, I can take flirting to, like, any level. As long as I'm not being rude. No, I'm still respecting you, but, like, we are flirting. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. But I always try not to flirt too much. Like I said, I have to be comfortable to be able to flirt. And I'm never comfortable in a situation where this person likes me. And that is my life now. Um... I'm not looking for a boyfriend. So every time somebody comes into my life and they like me or they're just thinking that they can be more, they can hold like a better space in my life. I'm usually very weary. <laughs> so I answer questions. I talk, I talk, but I'm still weary and uncomfortable. So I can't even get into that flirty mood. I laugh. I do everything, but I'm still not actively flirting. The only people that I've not actually flirted with any boy of late or my friends have left this town um but if i move to another town i don't think i'm going to get new friends here that i'll be able to see one-on-one but if i move to another town and i have time to actually be around my friends i'm going to be so flirty i know because they will understand that we're being friends here boys girls everybody i felt everybody i'm being flirty here this is fun to me okay this is fun to me and the best people are people who can match my energy that can match my energy but still know that we're friends it's, it's almost it's asking too much of some people so I don't flirt with everybody like it's asking a lot I don't want you to come and tell me tomorrow that you're in love with me that's not what I want so I'll watch you if you can handle it then game and you'll probably be able to perceive that I can handle it too before you even start flirting with me so the people that I can flirt with in this life apart from animals and babies are at the moment no more than one and and good so that makes it two yeah i don't want anybody misunderstanding me i i live in fear of somebody misunderstanding my intentions like sometimes i'm just being nice and somebody falls in love with me and they come and tell me oh blessing i was being nice there are nice people in this world i am one of them i was you said something dumb i did not want to be i didn't want to play that game with you so I was nice. I, it doesn't mean I like you. You still offended me. Please go away. <laughs> so yeah. It's a fear. And people just like you. Like you just sit down beside one boy. who will tell you he likes you tomorrow. Um, You just walk around the street. And you'll be in need of a friend. A companion. And then you meet somebody. And tomorrow. They will tell you they're in love with you. I don't. Those things frighten me. To the point where I started noticing that as I walked on the streets, when people just look at me, like when a guy looks at me, I immediately squeeze my face. <laughs> like, I know that that shouldn't be my response, but I had to start catching myself. I was catching myself doing it, like, blessing, do you know what you're doing right now? You, you just frowned without even thinking that you should frown or that you should smile. You frowned. That was your reflex, frowning. Like, don't look at me. Don't even come near me. That was my reflex. I think I'm changing it, but I'm not even sure. I've not gone out of my house in a while, so I can't say. Um, 
this is advice from this lady and i like this part don't call it sexism call it manners like when somebody when you experience sexism okay well in this matter what ultimately adds what ultimately aids us is to simply apply this question to the issue is this polite if we the entire population of the earth male and female alike are just essentially the guys then was one of the guys just uncut to a female guy to a fellow guy don't call it sexism call it manners instead this advice is premium every time sometimes i don't even i don't notice very sexist thing in my in my life i don't notice I I am aware of them, but they are quite rare in my life. It's only my younger brother because he's still learning a lot of things about women. So when he says some sexist thing, I'm just like, mm, that was quite sexist. Don't say that. Don't say that to people. Um, but when somebody is outrightly sexist to me, I don't I don't I think people are more rude than they are even sexist. Like, I think of it as rudeness on a level of rudeness. Excuse, that was rude. I don't tell you you are sexist. I tell you you are rude. You are just rude. That was rude. That was stupid. I don't tell people they are stupid. Though. Don't tell people they are stupid. That will cancel everything. Fire, everything. Gasoline, fire. Just tell them they are rude. Like that was rude. That was rude. I don't deserve that. That was rude. When you say that, you have immediately taken charge of the situation. It soon be that they are judging you on the basis of sex and male, female, equality, no equality. You were rude to me. When you are rude, you, when somebody tells they are rude, you immediately you are thinking about your Nigerian parents that raised you. Did they raise you to be rude? That was rude. <laughs> Period. So she's saying don't call it sexism, call it manners. Instead, when a woman blinks a little, shakes her head like a like a Colombo and says, I'm sorry, but that sounded a little uncivil. A man is apt to apologize because even the most rampant bigots on earth has no defense against a charge of simply being rude. Like they won't have any, when when you say sexist, when you start saying that was sexist, they will start saying, eh, she have come with her feminist. That's not the idea that was in my head. I just always tell people frankly that that was rude. But from here, I can I can imagine that if you say sexist, they will start to say, oh, and eh, she thinks in sexist, and eh, it will activate that thing inside of them that feels like they are better than you and they sh- so they should treat you anyhow but when you tell them they are rude it immediately cancels out whatever like oh, that thing that is in your spirit that is making you talk like that check it after all you can argue argue until you cry about what modern codification codified misogyny is but straight up ungentlemanliness of of the kind his mother would um, clatter the back of his head for is inarguable it doesn't need to be a man versus woman thing bless you my dear bless you it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be if something offends you just say um that didn't that didn't make me feel good maybe don't even say feel that offended me i don't appreciate when people speak to me that way and if he's the type that will not apologize you already seen on his face i will not apologize and since you don't seem like the type who will take the initiative to apologize to me? I'm going to take myself out of this place. I don't like a disrespect. And my dear, you pack your bags, you move. That's how you do it. <laughs> when my, my my younger brother, I have two brothers. My the last born, you know, he, he grew up with basically no active um male model in his life. So it's quite strong headed, and he's the last born again. 
he's quite strong-headed and he likes going out and doing things he's not the type that respects people like not men women he doesn't care he just doesn't respect people. i've not seen him around men anyway so i'm not sure but he doesn't respect people especially people in his house used to it's changing a lot so every time he gets angry like you can just say one sentence correcting my brother and he, he will he will lose it he will absolutely lose it and will disrespect you so every time i'm around him i watch my tone like i don't speak to emo we're living we live in the same house but i don't care you will not disrespect me and i will not put myself in a situation where you will disrespect me you from where to where <laughs> you will disrespect that i don't it's not every, it's not a man woman thing to me it's just the way you talk is not appealing and i'll not put myself in that situation i don't care if i'm your younger brother or your elder sister or your any i don't care what it is it's just who i am at this point i will not tolerate that tone that voice those words from somebody that i'm just trying to give advice like mm, mm. see me walking out like this i don't speak oh it's the only time he ever comes to speak to me it's when he needs something and you have to calm down and actually ask me for the thing then when you start giving advice like that it's no longer listening to what you're saying and if it's in a place where he didn't come to meet you and you say wash the dishes well low because he, he doesn't always he's very restless he doesn't do, do them very well you say look there were still particles on it from yesterday do them well today and it gets mad, like, and it, and it starts to, I turn around, starts to talk about, I just turn around. I don't want to know if you insult my ancestors. I don't want to hear it. I will not be there because if we fight now, you can beat me. You're my younger brother, but you will beat me and your bones. Even when he holds my arm, I'm in pain already. This is him being nice, so wanting to touch his sister, I'm in pain when he holds me. He doesn't know how much energy to use in his arm just when he's playing now imagine that type of person actually punching you with anger i don't like wahala (laughs) like wahala but i will not be disrespected i will not you won't catch me in places like that so it's always when when with someone like my brother now you cannot talk to him you cannot communicate with him but he's changing by the way he respects me a lot more listen to what i say now i don't know the holy spirit has been talking to him some more um but that was before but if you are in a place like in an office where they're adults and you can actually speak to them um then say something like um i don't i'm not enjoying this moment you know you are being disrespectful to me i'm going to pack my loads and i'm going to leave now thank you very much um you can enjoy those insults by yourself you can say whatever you want to say but i'm leaving now do things like that or if it seems like the the type that is repentant, just say that, okay, that offends me. I think that was rude. I deserve an apology. If it's the type that apologizes, that, you know, has a spirit of humility and patience, you know, is going to just think about it. It won't take him more than two seconds before he gives you an apology. Because they're actually men like that that are quite kind. Like, they just say bullshit sometimes. Um... But yeah, as a woman, own your space. Don't bring, don't, every time we bring it to a man versus woman thing, the other side gets defensive. As if you are going to judge them on so many levels. And I think men are insecure about being men. And some women are insecure about being women. Like some men are insecure about being men. So don't drag it to men versus women thing. They will, they will floor you. 
Mm. Um, seeing the whole world as the guys is important. The idea that we are all at the end of the day just a bunch of well-meaning shlumps trying to get along is the basic alpha and omega of my worldview. I'm neither pro-women nor anti-men. Me too. I'm just thumbs up for the six billion because I don't think that men or maleness or men's sexuality is the problem here. No, it's not. I don't think sexual sexism is a man versus woman thing. The man is not the man simply because it's a man. Sometimes the man is a woman, particularly if you go to the to the kind of late night clubs I do. Although there's a different although that's a different issue altogether. Men don't do this shit to women just because of their femaleness. And I don't think it's about sex. As I start to watch men and women interacting in the adult area in work, relationships and marriages, but mainly to be fair in the pub, I don't come to believe as many people, including the goddess Gree, do that men secretly hate women. Okay. That men hate women because there is something about penis and testosterone that wants to wage war on vagina and estrogen. No, even though I'm quite drunk half the time and only wearing so much eyeliner, I am technically blind. I don't see it as men versus women at all. What I see instead is winner versus ah, winner versus loser. Like girl, every time, every time we start to argue. That's why I read books. I might be on the opposite side of what this person is saying, but I would never like like make it like a winner. It's not an argument. It's not when you bring it to an argument. It's always about. The person that wins and the person that loses that loses. And every time in some arguments, especially ones against religion, you find that it is the person that is the most articulate, the most eloquent, and um the person who speaks last is the person who wins. I hate to bring it down to like because some people can be Maybe they were unprepared for the argument. There are also factors like that. But when both of them are prepared, it usually just comes down to who has the last word, who is able to say, bang, I nailed you, that place. I cornered you in that place to win the argument. And religion, we don't need that. Our, fa- our thing is not a thing of argument. We don't argue. We can't even argue. We are people who believe stupidly and recklessly in the love of God. We can't argue. We can't from where we used to arguing to somebody that you are supposed to love God all your life and you are supposed to believe in everything the Spirit tells you and you are supposed to read all the word of God and take them as truth and life. From where do you want to start arguing that one from? Are you the Holy Spirit? Or even the Holy Spirit doesn't argue. It just convinces us that this is what it is. This is not what it is. You can't argue. You can't argue people into the face. Forget about it. You can't argue. Forget. Forget about it. But these days, people are saying that we should argue because um it puts us in front so that we can um be known but i think we should our works should speak for us like we should get closer to god and exhibit more fruits of the spirit and live like jesus lived on the earth so that we can show people that this is the life of the kingdom and this is the fruits that you bear and these are the blessings that you get not not argument we can't win people through arguments they will always doubt. They will never have the full spirit. They will just take it as an intellectual thing. Our faith is not an intellectual thing. Half of it is not even like really logic like that. Like it's not really like God is smart and everything. And to an extent, you know, 
you love the person that loves you back and that part is logical but like the rest of it the rest of it that is spirit's that's the spirit's job to reveal to you all these things and make you to and help you believe the rest of it is not something we can argue you either have the spirit of god or you don't you are either convinced of god's love you're either convinced that god is almighty that god is great god is good and you should learn more about god or you're not you are just not it's just even in christian like in before i got this confidence and before i got this anointing i was an intellectual christian like some arguments will still sway me and my my point of view was still largely it's just reasonable you know it's reasonable to love god like a lot of things happen in the world god is constant one thing one thing but the more i grew the more the holy spirit helped me in my face like now i don't even believe i don't even i believe like a crazy person i smile when things don't go well it's it's, it's and i'm smiling at the fact that i'm smiling like blessing, what's wrong with you? Like this is a good place to be, my love. This is a good place. This is a healthy place. In spite of everything, you still love God. Like how, how have you gotten here? Look at how the knowledge of God is filling your spirit. Look at how confident you sound. Like, guys, <laughs> I can't believe myself. And I hope and pray that I always stay this way. Like no matter what, that I always stay this way. Because in this space, I'm very enthusiastic about my love for God. And I want to know who he is. Like, last night I was reading my Bible and I read some part. And I had to ask, who the hell is God? Who the hell is this guy? Who is this guy? <laughs> like, I've known him all this while. And I've, I've been a Christian up to this point. And I'm still like, who is this guy? Sometimes I feel like I should take another baptism. Like, was I a Christian before I even got like this empowerment? Was I a Christian? And I'm just ready to like calm down, rest. You were a Christian, but you know, it's like when you didn't have like when Jesus was with you and then Jesus left and then he sent you the comforter, like the Holy Spirit. And I've always had the Holy Spirit, but this is like like a 2.0 because now there's like a purpose the purpose is not just to comfort me and keep me in space and help me make better decisions the purpose is not more than that purpose is now helping me speak up and speak out and and leave my purpose so it needs a lot more energy and it needs stronger conviction and that those are the things that god has been giving me like a lot like giving you stronger conversions there you know feed the sheep talk to people do this do that like and it is wonderful I always get carried away from my books. Like, this is not professional, is it? (laughs) But to be honest, being a child of God, knowing God and getting to know God and having the constant desire to know God and then God being all nice and kind and always revealing himself to me, to me, you know, me, um, is, is, is the best thing. It's really the best thing. Like, I can say that, ah, in this department, though, in this level, this question that you're asking right now, I can answer because I've asked God and I know what God's opinion about it is. Like, ah! it's the best thing in the world. <laughs> it's and I don't mean feminism or homosexuality. Like, those are still very simple issues. I mean the type of mindset I should have, like the kingdom mindset. It 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 affects feminism, of course, but and all these other topics that I read on. They're just very nice things. They're just very, very nice things. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. 
Okay, winner versus loser. Most sexism is down to men being accustomed to us being the losers. That's what the problem is. We must have bad status. Men are accustomed to us being runner-ups or being disqualified entirely. For men born pre-feminism, this is what they are raised on. Second-class citizen mothers, sisters who need to be married off, female schoolmates going to secretarial school, then becoming housewives, women who disengaged, disappeared. These men are the CEOs of our big companies, the big guys on the stock markets, the advisors to governors, to governments. They dictate working hours and maternity leaves, economic priorities and societal mores. And of course, they don't feel equality in their bones. Sexism run, runs deep in their generation, along with a liking for boiled pudding, spanking and golf. Their automatic reaction is to regard women as other. The entrenched bias against the working liberated female will only die out when they do. <laughs> She's not even being kind, yeah. Like, it's just die out when they do. There's no saving them. I think like this this way sometimes. Like, mm, you can't really teach the older generation. And I don't, it's, it's not your place. You don't even have the energy for it. You argue and argue, and you will not get anywhere. So, face the parts that God has asked you to face. I had to learn that like really fast. There's no there's no point trying to convince somebody of something. Like God would especially the older generation, God will save their lives. Just as long as they love Jesus and they are saved, let them go to heaven. They would get the education they need there. Even those men born post feminism, raised on textbooks and matches and their own mothers leaving each money for the office, however much they might believe in the theoretical equality of women and respect those around them they are scarcely unaware of the great sweep of history that went before a quiet voice inside suppressed but never wholly silent says if women are the true equal of men where's the proof exactly and this is not just a voice inside men it's inside women too for even the most ardent feminist historian male or female citing amazons and tribal matriarchies and cleopatra can't conceal that women have basically for, done fuck all for the last hundred thousand years come on let's admit it let's stop exhaustingly pretending that there's a parallel history of women being victorious and create and creative on an equal with men there's just been comprehensively covered up by the male by the man there isn't we weren't doing i don't do people think that they covered it up they didn't cover it up. We're just not doing anything. We're only giving birth and rearing children. That's what we're doing. There isn't. Our empires, armies, cities, artworks, philosophers, philanthropists, um, inventors, scientists, astronauts, explorers, politicians, and icons could all fit comfortably into one of the private karaoke booths in Singstar. <laughs> like all the women that are all these things can fit in just one room. We have no Mozart, no, no Mozart, no Mozart. Mozart, no Einstein. There's there's one woman that discovered two things in her lifetime now, but she died of some illness from being exposed in that chemical lab. What's her name? I don't remember. Hmm. She discovered two things. She won two Nobel prizes, one in physics and the other in chemistry. Ah, uh, we have those. She's just saying there are not many. We have no Einstein, no Galileo, no Gandhi, no Beatles, no Churchill, no 
Hawkins, no Columbus. It just didn't happen. She's not lying. <laughs> Nearly everything so far has been the creation of men and a liberal right on denial of it makes everything more awkward and difficult in the long run. Pretending that women have had a pop of all this before but just ultimately didn't do well as the men that the experiment of female liberation has always has already happened but flundered gives strength to the belief that women simply aren't as good as men full stop that makes that that's that things should just carry on as they are with the world shaped around and honoring the priority needs whims and successes of men women are over without having ever begun when the truth is that we haven't begun at all of course we haven't we are we all know it when we have we all know it when we have i see the wrongness of this presumption in the office um, melody maker is filled with good liberal men whatever sexism i've experienced is with the people the rest of the office considers to be sad notters by by and large this group of rock critics are as feminist a bunch of men as i'll ever know one of them ends up being my husband and teaching me more about the bullshit men project on women than any woman ever does in his cardigan with his carrier bag of with his carrier bag full of um field mice and about records a 20 year old greek boy from birmingham ends up rivaling german gray as my feminist hero but all is but all is all in in future but in 1993 i was sitting in the office on a desk smoking a fag and i was watching liberal men tie themselves in knots try in not trying to square their ardent belief that women are equal to men with evidence that there's just there just aren't that many great records made by women no there are no records made by women every six six weeks or so in an editorial meeting the guys look around at the music scene of the time or grunge or blur or whatever and dis- and despair jesus we've got to get more women in the paper we've got to get some women and so we get Sonia from Echo Belly say to take part in a debate on the future of Radio 1 or Louise Wena from Slipper to review the singles or in an emergency just print a picture of Debbie Harry somewhere. A conscious effort had to be made because in those days the music scene was much like Ashwit, I don't know. There were no birds. You couldn't find a woman making music for love, no money. This was a pre-spice girl pre pre-gaga era remember when it was presumed that there was no mass market for women making pop music and that's um presuming they could make music in the first place so a whole lot of things bro we've not done we've not used we've not done as much as men and like we've not done as much as men that our names can be put on you know like they are the ones that do that work in things and do things that their names get to be remembered in history. We are the ones that take care of. Um, we are the ones that it's a noble, it's a noble um, work too. But our generation or the world just works in a way that the. Your greatness is measured by the number of people that you meet. And that's just how greatness works. I'm sorry. That's how greatness works. If you take care of one child, except that child turns out to be Jesus, you know, your name will not be remembered like that. You know, even Einstein, like, do we really focus on his mother? But we remember Einstein. 
and it's only when we're reading the history of Einstein that we just remember his mother as the woman that raised Einstein. That's where they are largely remembered as in relation to men, but never as and that's what feminism was trying to fight. Like we are we should not only be defined on based on our biology and the relationships that we have with men. Like we can be so much more than that. That's what feminism was trying to shine light on. If that's the aim of feminism, I'm very persuaded to be a feminist. Because this all these things are facts. Like really, really fact. But at the back of my mind, I guess I'm still that child that raised on the Bible, raised in Nigerian society. I'm st- I still have that question that says, are we really equal? That's what she says in this book. And I'm still here. Like, are we really equal? Are we... No, I don't think that's my question. Because I do believe we're equal. That's no... I don't have a doubt. But the question is, um, should we be performing in areas like that that's also stupid that's a stupid question um (laughs) because yeah um you have your mind and you should definitely use it and education i like education is good for you and education enhances those things and yeah i still don't want to answer the question do i even though i don't have any questions again i don't have any doubts anymore We'll know in the video. <laughs> I need to think more about it and pr- take time to pray a bit. Um, uh, Should we stop here? She talks about clothes here. Clothes, clothes, clothes. Why you should stop weddings. She's saying we should stop weddings because it's, it's probably a form of um abuse too and people say oh that she's giving you reasons why you should stop it like costs ladies being a lady is already very very expensive tampons hairdressers childcare, beauty aids women's shoes being three times more costly than men's oh wow okay the combination of the things we need like being a lady is already expensive you don't need um to have a ridiculously big wedding then there's another point the best day of my life is the best day of your life well the snacks here yeah, are obvious of course it's not the best day of your life a day that was really the best day of your life wouldn't involve uncle wrong and drip and someone from your office you are to invite lest you spend the next six years being sucked at every time you pass them in a stairwell so she's trying to break the mist that it's not the best day of your life so stop using that as an excuse to sell yourself a really really big wedding then um everyone i love is here she's debunking that do you really want all the people you love in one room together it really works out well i for instance i'm a very i'm very bad with other people's families at one wedding where i was the best man i had bright mom was a huge richard mandley fan or madly fan and in my cups regard with tab uh let's just stop there um do you really want all your people all the people you love in one room she's asking you so I don't <laughs> if you want a big wedding I for one I don't I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of weddings small big I don't care but if you invite me I will probably I, I won't come <laughs> no, I, will, I will come I don't know you so I won't come most likely not be there 
Seth will get really close and you invite me and it's a small wedding. I can do small weddings. I can absolutely be a guest at your small wedding. Your small, elegant wedding. Your big wedding, everybody's screaming, the music is loud, you won't find me. I will not come. I will not. If I come, I'll spend like five minutes, give you the presents and get out. Make you see me, you know, move around your party a little bit. As long as you see me, everything is fine. I'll be gone. Um, why are all these shoes on one? Ladies, I'm going to put it on the line. I'm going to say what over the, over the 13 years I have gradually realized and what we all secretly knew anyway. The first time we put heels on, that there's only 10 people in the world, tops, who should actually wear heels. And six of those are drag queens. And the rest of us just need to give up, surrender. Finally, acquiesce to what nature is telling us. We can't walk in them. We cannot walk in the damn things. We might just as well be stepping out in anti-gravity boots or roller skates. She's talking about high heels here, guys. High heels. This podcast is long. I have to stop. <laughs> but I really like a book. I really like a book. So why do we believe that wearing heels is an intrinsic part of being a woman? I don't know. I don't know why they believe that. This year, this is July. July 2022. January, the, the January, I don't, I think the first Sunday we went to church in January. I think I was wearing heels. And I told myself, never again. I didn't fall. I didn't do anything. I've never really liked heels, although I've always been able to walk in them. I've never really liked heels. And then I was wearing these particular heels because I didn't have, I don't have a lot of shoes. And especially shoes I can wear to church. I wear sneakers and I wear boots to church. I can still do boots that has a bit of heels, but not those thin ones. You won't catch me wearing shoes that just has straps. And those things look like hazards. They look very hazardous. They look like they could kill you. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not wearing heels. I used to think maybe I'll revisit the idea, but so far, from January to July, I have not worn heels. And I'm sure that when I do have money, I will fill my house with sneakers and boots. Those are functional shoes. You can run in them. I always like to look smart, especially on my feet. My the rest of my outfit might be girly and but my feet must they must they must be ready to run, to move. Not that somebody will give me heels and I'm I can actually run in heels, but it's not something that you advise a woman to do. Don't advise her to run in her heels. Why would I wear something that is so shaky? And then your calves ache. Not wearing heels, though. The people that manufacture the cloth for them. I'm not doing it again. Um, this man, this man said only 10 people should wear heels. And I agree. Stop. Anyway, I, when I thought about it, I thought, what will I wear with dinner dresses? And I just figured... I will figure it out. Anytime a door closes, you always find another door. I will figure it out. I'm not wearing heels though. Bye bye to heels. <laughs> Indeed, I've pretty much given up on women's shoes altogether. Even women's flats seem insubstantiable and sloppily made compared to men's. I hate flats shoes too. <laughs> Before I gave up on heels, I gave up on flat shoes. And I didn't say I'm not going to wear flash shoes again. I just never buy them. I don't buy flash shoes. Flash shoes are so close to the ground. Your legs hurt. 
I don't know if this is for all women. Maybe your legs are really hard. But the sole of my feet is not very hard. It's not very hard. Like, when you push it, it's like... It's not hard at all. My legs are really soft. My entire skin... My skin is quite soft. When I put my leg in a flash shoe, I immediately know... I feel like I'm not wearing shoes. You know? And then, you have to be lifting your leg a certain way. Like, they are just frustrating things. Like, they're just... And they are so flat, close to the ground. You've not walked one hour before your legs are hurt. Everyone was and heels, I think. Yeah, there was and heels. Why something that has like a bit of support underneath? So that yeah, you don't feel like you're suffering because you want to look fine. <laughs> she said, "I've got men's riding boots, men's biker boots, men's brogues, um, some Doc Martens." All beautifully made, comfortable, cheaper than the ones in the women's section, and a pleasantly um, contrary end to a leg one expects to terminate in a spindly painful point. Yes, th- that's going to be me in Jesus' name, because I can't do all the shoes that they put and say those are like I will not wear it with you. You it's not me that you come and destroy, because you want me to look fine. Forget about it though. Um. But of course, there isn't any anything there for you, especially for you, because before the high streets, women would make their own clothes or see a dressmaker so that everything we wore was an honest expression of who we were and what we were comfortable with. Maybe I'll start doing that. Within the constraint of fashion, at the time anyway, with the advent of mass fashion, however, not a single item of clothing sold is for the woman who buys it everything we see in top shop or zara and mango and urban outfitters and necks and, pe- and peacocks and new look is made for a holy imaginary woman an idea in the designer's head and we buy it if we like it say 70 percent that's about as good as it gets we rarely if ever find something that is 100 percent us and that we truly desire although we never admit this to ourselves some women are walking around in things they are imagining to be. Some women, most women are walking around in things they are imagining to be than that. Most women are walking around in things they are imagining to be that little bit better. To be that little bit. They are walking around in things they are imagining to be that little bit better. I don't know. An inch longer here without that braiding in a slightly darker blue. It's the best thing. It's the first thing we say to each other. I wish they had made it without the color. Yeah. Because if you know I don't like the color, then you will know who I'm really trying to be. So, we're never pleased or satisfied, 100% satisfied with the things that we wear. I know that feeling. I know that feeling. Like, I like this clothes, but I wish I could be able to... Um, It had um form so that I could wear it without having to wear a bra. Some of my best clothes are clothes that I don't have to wear a bra and it's not obvious that I'm not wearing a bra. Those are the clothes I really like. Like I have an off-shoulder white dress that um, is laced. It's really, really pretty. It hugs my body in a nice way. I don't like clothes that, that hug my body too much. But it's laced and it hugs my body and it's nice. And then it has that cape. It's off-shoulder and it has that cape. So, and it's tight. So I'm not wearing a bra and the cape covers it. Ooh. Please, when you see me in that white, don't imagine things. Because I wear it in church. I wear that clothes to church and nobody knows I'm not wearing a bra. And I'm just comfy. My breasts, are, my breasts, they are not jumping up and down because it holds my breasts. And then it covers, the cape covers it and nobody knows I'm not wearing a bra. And I'm just so comfy in it. 
without stress like i wish i didn't have to wear bras i wish like clothes had like better fits in that will help me not wear bras but still help me be comfortable and help my breasts stay in place and even if i were wearing a bra like clothes that i don't have problems problems with that when i wear them you know i know that yes i'm i'm being my full self you know i'm enjoying myself i feel good my skin this is where we're going to stop we have spoken too much my source is getting very dry um um she talks about how women are they're assumed to be incomplete without children and people always ask you you know there's your child um a sign of weakness for a male celebrity is being found to be unfaithful or unkind to an employee or having crushed having crashed their car, their car while stoned out of their tiny minds a sign of weakness for a woman on the other hand can be can be a single unflattering picture women are pilloried for wearing a single bad outfit not just on the red carpet where part of their job description is looking like some otherworldly apparition of beauty no matter how busy worried unhappy or genuinely unconcerned about the whole stupid crap shot they are those are the struggles of men and female celebrities so we stop here this is the longest podcast i've ever had to record um I hope you enjoyed it. Love you. Bye.